Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cloud overhead, hoping that I break that. Won't get a hold, won't determine fate now. I still see sunshine. And for another week, the Miami Heat roller coaster continues. Welcome back to Believe in Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony Leonardo. Another solo episode today. We're going to get Rio back on some point. We're working on it. That's my dog, though. He's busy. He up to a lot. Uh, still got fun stuff planned. But I'm coming to y'all recording this directly after the Miami Heat beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I had already penciled this in as a L. And I had already started planning my notes about what this loss would mean for the Miami Heat as far as the standings. But what do you know? This is the team that keep surprising, they never end, and they walk away with a dub. I want to quickly talk about all the games from the previous episode because it's been a lot of the same stuff, mostly good overall, I guess, with regards to the record because they did have a 4-5 and five, or a 4-1 and one week, uh, which is certainly good. Obviously, they've been playing really well of late, but it's hard to feel good about these wins when they did just lose to the god-awful Charlotte Hornets, but we're going to get into that game. Quickly, I want to start with the win versus the Pelicans. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram, obviously. Barely beat that team. Now, a lot of people were disappointed because the trend continues of only beating teams that are either bad or missing their star players. Uh, and I do buy into that a little bit, but a win is a win at the end of the day. And because they are so tight in this playoff race, you know, trying to get out of that playing spot, even low-key moving up to five after this win versus Cleveland, every win matters. So I'm certainly not going to nitpick. Then they did go and beat the Boston Celtics, who did not have Jalen Brown, but Jimmy Butler was, of course, missing as well. Bam Adebayo was amazing, 30-15, and 15, hit the, his little dotted uh, dotted line mid-range jumper for the win at the end over there. We need to come up with a name. Uh, we, need, we need to come up for a name of that Bam midi dotted line jumper because it is smooth as butter. It is a beautiful go-to shot. And a guy that is that size that can get to that spot whenever he wants and has such a soft touch, has such an awkward you know, length, not, not right at the rim and not quite mid-range to three, it's very tough. It's an amazing go-to shot to have for Bam. And that's the reason he's taking a, another jump this year. And everybody, stop what you're doing right now. Go open your NBA app. Go open Google. However you vote for All-Stars nowadays. They, they change it every year. I know you can't use Twitter no more. But however your preferred method is, go vote for Bam at a bio right now. Because that man is an All-Star. And the fact that he's not in the top 10 list of all this voting uh, is criminal. Uh, but it really speaks to us as Heat fans because I guess we're not doing enough job voting. You see every year you got four Warriors on there. You got four Brooklyn Nets. Those fan bases go out and vote. For whatever reason, the Heat fan base doesn't. Uh, I don't know why. But still, go out and vote for Bam at a bow. Uh, I know the votes necessarily don't matter because he should get it from the player vote and from the media vote. But uh, I, I still like to support Bam. Uh, I'm sure these players look at these numbers and he's probably wondering, hey, why don't these fans support me? It's really weird. You want to keep your star guy happy, so go vote for Bam. But I do want to talk about the All-Stars a, a little bit later. After that Celtics win, they got another win versus the Orlando Magic. Uh, another clutch time game. My guy Cooper Moorhead on Twitter has been keeping track all year of the clutch time records. Uh, I guess now after this game, I think that put them at 19-14. and 14. Uh, So obviously slightly above average. Which is probably what this team is. I'd probably tend to say it's it's more around average. 
Uh, but that's what you get when you get all these clutch time games. You, you're really in there with everybody, uh, and you win half of them, you lose half of them. Like the next game versus Charlotte Hornets, very frustrating loss. Gave up 122 points to those guys. It's just very sad. This team was starting to go on a run. You think you have a gimme game versus Charlotte Hornets, or you know one of the bottom four teams in the league. And you can't walk away with a dub, especially after being up early. Just looks like, once again, they do not care. They do not try when they're playing a team that is, on paper, inferior to them. Uh, and everyone says, when will they learn their lesson? They won't because it just continually happens over and over and over again. Uh, but I will say, the uh, the Hornets have a lot of nice pieces. Pretty much everyone on that roster outside of LaMelo Ball has been in trade talks. You got P.J. Washington, Plumlee, Scary Terry, Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, just to name a few. All of those guys, uh, which have been linked to the Heat at some point, actually would would like on the Heat. Uh, I actually think they all provide some value. Obviously, with P.J. Washington and Plumlee, you are getting some size uh, that you desperately need. Scary Terry and Oubre uh, are both guys that could definitely bring a great scoring punch, something you really are lacking uh, in shooting, which you're lacking as well, uh, especially with Kyle Lowry having another stinker tonight. That, that's all he does. And obviously, Gordon Hayward's a nice wing, uh, and you can never have too much of those. Uh, only thing is with those Charlotte guys, I don't think any of them will go for less than a first-round pick. Uh, and if I'm Miami, I, I really am not trading a first-round pick unless I think it's a, a move that can make you a win-now team uh, because I don't think that move is out there. So I'd much rather save the assets for the offseason when maybe a star player does show up uh, or you can you know, you know can kind of build around more in, in free agency. Well, I guess they don't have much money. But whatever, you, you have more time and more options in the offseason uh, with more guys' contracts available to trade. Uh, and I, I just like the idea of holding on to the assets instead of letting them go to maybe get out of the second round. That's just kind of where I stare at that. But our guy, Mario Chalmers, was at that game in Charlotte. Uh, and Rio, I'm, I'm talking to you, dog. I know you're listening to these. My dog, they could have used you out there, bro. They could not get a stop. They could not hit a three. And you over there sitting in the stands watching this. Man, I wish you could have got out on the court and helped us out, man, because they, they could have used you, man. Uh, quite frankly, they could have used you all season uh, because I'm sure you are much better than Kyle Lowry. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just speculating here. Uh, but uh, I, I got a feeling that, that you feel the same way, that this team can use you, uh, you know, because they can. They could use a, a veteran point guard that can actually shoot and, and play defense. But anyways, shout out to my dog, Rio. He got some love on the TV. Always love seeing him out and about. Uh, and we'll get him back on here soon because we have lots to talk about. Finally, had the game that just ended versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Once again, no Kyle Lowry in the fourth. Funny enough, out of this whole stretch, I think the only game that Lowry played the fourth in, or, or one of the only games, was that game versus Charlotte, which they lost. Needless to say, because I've somehow slandered Kyle Lowry 17 times uh, in this first seven minutes of this podcast. I mean, whopper, whopper, he's a flopper. <laughs> if you know, you know. I'm not going to get into that very viral video that went on Twitter that I may or may not have made. Anyways, uh, no Kyle Lowry in the fourth once again. I love it. You got a great, 
defensive lineup to close the game versus Cleveland. You're outside of Tyler Hero, but you also had Gabe, Vic, Jimmy. Bam, it was beautiful. Cleveland went a few minutes without a bucket there. Gabe was awesome on defense, hit a couple big shots. He was great. I love the idea of closing with that exact lineup. Even Caleb Martin was in there for a lot of the fourth quarter because he was phenomenal tonight. I think he finished with like 18 and 10. Uh, he was six for six from the field at one point. He was incredible. Now, obviously, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley did their thing. Uh, of course, I took the over on their player prop betting on the anonymous player prop betting site that does not sponsor me, so I will not say their name for free. Uh, I took their over. I did say Caleb Martin's under, though, uh, which he did hit. But, you know, defensively, he was good as much as he could be, as much as you could expect him guarding those 6'10", 6'11 dudes. Uh, but at least he made up for it on the offensive end. He was awesome. He's really having a, a really, really great year, uh, as great as you can expect from him kind of playing out of position. Uh, so I certainly, certainly love that. Now, Cleveland, I am I was very into the, the end of this game, even though I've tried to not let myself get too into these games because there's been a lot of disappointment. Uh, but I feel good about this one, man. Cleveland is a very, very good team. Uh, actually, I think they're very heavily slept on. Uh, tell you the truth, I would not be shocked if they went to the finals. I said that as soon as they traded for Donovan Mitchell because they, they really, their only weakness that, that I see is experience. You know, and obviously Donovan Mitchell's been there a few times, but but as a group, they haven't really been there before, uh, and they just are a young team in general. But you're looking at Darius Garland, star. Donovan Mitchell, we know what he's done this year. Karis LeVert, who who as as a one option in Cleveland or uh, in Brooklyn at times was great. Now you're looking at him as like the third, fourth offensive option. That's that's phenomenal. Uh, and he don't even start. He's on the bench. They got a, uh, uh, Isaac Okoro starting tonight at least. Uh, who had a decent game as well. He's obviously more of a defender, and, and you can allow that when you have the other guys like Mitchell and Garland who can light it up. But then you got the two twin towers and Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. This team is nice. Ricky Rubio, another uh, amazing night tonight. Kevin Love, uh, almost sixth man of the year last year. He was hurt this game, didn't play, but he's obviously still a very good player. This Cleveland team is awesome. Uh, and quite frankly, I, I'm scared of them. I, I don't know why they're they're so low in the standings. I mean, I'm looking right now, they're fifth. Uh, they are nine games over 500, which I guess is pretty solid still. Uh, but I mean, I, I expect them to be a real threat come playoff time. And, and honestly, out of everybody in the East, they are my biggest fear. I think they're the Heat biggest threat because of their size and their mismatch issues. And it it's almost feels impossible to guard them at times. You know, when you got that, uh, they, they swing the ball around and then they find the mismatch in the paint. And when Caleb Martin's in there, quite frankly, there's... I said quite frankly like four times, I think. I don't know why I'm doing that, y'all. Uh, it's late. It's late over here. So I'm just, I'm just spitting and uh, I'm happy about this win. But there's times where it's tough to guard those bigs on the other team because Cleveland does move the ball very well. Obviously, Darius Garland's a phenomenal passer. He was in some foul trouble tonight. But they, uh, they're a good team. <laughs> they're, they're a good team. I think that's really all I got to say about them. Uh, and this was a monster win because now the Heat are technically one and a half games back of them in the uh, overall, but they are only one game back in the lost column. So if the Heat can continue to turn things around, uh, this this win could mean a, a lot come playoff time when it comes to uh, you know seeding and tiebreakers. So it's a nice win. Uh, the Charlotte loss does hurt because they're on a four-game road trip. Uh, I think the other games after tonight is Milwaukee in New York, I believe. Uh, I'll pull up the schedule right here real quick while I'm talking. But obviously, yes, that is the case. They got Milwaukee... Uh, and New York, uh, with the Knicks being the next game. 
those are obviously three tough teams, Cleveland, the Knicks, and Milwaukee. You wanted to win that Charlotte one. You didn't, uh, but at least you made up uh, back for it a little bit tonight by beating the, the Cavaliers, uh, which I guess is more important win for, for seeding purposes. And of course, you got a monster game versus the Knicks on two days from now. So that'll be a big game from seeding purposes too because we're only one game back of Cleveland and only one game ahead of the Knicks. So all kind of tied up there uh, in the standings. So some big, big wins coming out. Uh, a couple overall thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, this this will be a short episode, like I said, because it's all similar stuff. Uh, fast forward to where this episode is 25 minutes long because you know how I go on these rambles. Uh, but one thing that I did note here is Ira Winderman posted an interesting stat saying that the Heat are literally dead last in the third quarter scoring. I just thought that was hilarious because we all talk about the third quarter. Uh, and for the most part, I kind of felt like it was mostly jokes, you know, the type of thing where uh, it's, it's not as bad as it seems. But no, it, it is as bad as it seems. Uh, this team is a horrible third quarter team. Uh, even tonight, I know they were up seven with like a minute to go in the third. Uh, and Cleveland came all the way back to tie going into the fourth. Uh, although the Heat did only get outscored in the third quarter today by three points. But just thought that was an interesting stat. Next, I do want to talk about the All-Star game a little bit like I was saying. Uh, obviously, we talked about Bam and bio and how everyone needs to vote for him. And how it is kind of sad he's not high in the voting. I, I hope he doesn't look on that with, with too much sadness or uh, negative connotation towards Heat fans because of that. But I guess it shouldn't be surprising. Uh, another stat dropped today on Twitter. I don't know how they measured this thing, but it was the stat with the graphics showing the most negative fan bases in the NBA based on negative tweets about a team per thousand tweets. Who the hell knows how they measure that? Uh, they must got some kind of algorithm or something. But unsurprisingly, the Miami Heat were the number one most hated fan base. Uh, I know our guys over at the Basement Sports Network had some fun for that because that's become our thing is that we're the negative uh, fan base. Uh, somehow we're not Heat fans. But what the guys at the network would like to tell you is that we're just realistic Heat fans. We can acknowledge when this team is bad and not built to win a championship. We're not going to put blind faith into the team in the front office thinking they're going to win every single game in the championship, which by the way is fine. I mean, you can fan however you want to fan. Some fans want to be blindly optimistic. Some want to be realistic. Some want to be pessimistic. There's no right way to fan. And that's all I want to say about that topic. Anyways, Heat fans, do better. <laughs> Vote for Bam Adebayo. Uh, as far as Joel Embiid not starting, that was pretty much the biggest controversy. Who are you going to take out? You're going to take out Tatum, who's top five in MVP. You're going to take out Durant, Giannis, two of the top five players in the league. There's a lot of good players in this league. Nothing wrong with Embiid uh, not starting, even though I, I personally did have him in my ballot starting over Tatum because I think Tatum is wildly overrated. But that's my biggest problem with all-star voting is just when people say, oh, how did uh, Embiid not start? And then they don't say who he should replace. Players do the same thing. Players say who got subbed, but don't have the balls to say who should get replaced. I'm just saying, everybody can't make the all-star team. Bam Adebayo should. Don't think Jimmy Butler will just because of the playing time thing and games missed, but we know what Jimmy Butler is. Uh, and if this team does make the playoffs, I think we'll see another great Jimmy playoffs and who knows what that means for the team. We'll see uh, after the trade deadline uh, if they can make any moves to make me feel a little more optimistic. Uh, trade deadline, I guess, coming up in nine days. I believe it's February 9th. So uh, other news this week. The return of Omer Yurtsevin. He seems to be back, or his ankle supposedly is back to 100% or at least healthy. That's the news that came out this week. 
Uh, he probably won't play until after the All-Star break. That's kind of what I've been hearing a little bit as well. Just give him some more time uh, practicing, playing with the team, getting some contact drills in, uh, and then get him back out there, which I think has the potential to be a really, really nice pickup for the Heat. I'm not going to go as far as to say this is like the Heat adding a first-round pick, like I've heard some people say. Uh, but the reason I think it's nice is because this team still has trouble with size, obviously. I talked about that for 10 minutes with this last match versus Cleveland. Because of that, they have trouble rebounding. Uh, and Omer Yurtsevin is great at that. He's terrible at defense. He's slow as molasses. I don't even know what molasses is, but I know it's slow. Uh, and he's slow. He, he's slower than Kelly Olenek. We'll, we'll put it like that to make it a, a reference that more people, including myself, I guess, uh, should understand. So he's not a great defender, but he does rebound. This team needs this. Orlando Robinson has been really, really good. Uh, I actually don't know if I'd like to see him out of the rotation. Maybe there's a way to play him in Europe. I don't know. I haven't really looked at the lineup as much. Uh, obviously, there will be games where guys are, are hurt or not playing, and you'll get a lot of Hayward Highsmith minutes. Uh, so I'd like to see your at least get some of those minutes. Uh, I understand it's different positions, but but there's ways to to chip into those minutes and allow Yurt to get some run uh, because we saw him last year as a starter, be a really decent player, a walking double double, and he was good. He's a flat out good player. Uh, so I think he will get some run uh, and probably now that I think about it, even overtake a lot of Orlando Robinson's game time because Robinson is still on a two way deal. Obviously, there's limits to that. Like, you can only be with the team a set number of days. I forget what it is and, and how many he's done so far. But because uh, there there will also be a deadline, I believe, uh, where they can convert Orlando Robinson to a standard deal uh, without being over the luxury tax. And then, of course, they don't have to worry about those those day restrictions anymore. So I think that's kind of what they're waiting for. But Omer Yurtsevin, he will be a nice piece of this team. Obviously, Dwayne Dedman hasn't been playing as is. He won't play when Yurts come back, and that is a blessing. Uh, shout out once again to the massage gun, the real MVP this year, getting Dwayne Dedman no minutes to Heat Star winning. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure Dedman's a nice guy, but he, he ain't got it like that no more. But it'll be a nice piece because if the Heat do end up doing something at the trade deadline, you add that player, you, uh, you add that player, you also get Omar Yurtsevin. Maybe they can make a push for the fourth or fifth seed. Uh, well, they're only one back of five. Let's see how many back they're, they're, they're back of four. Uh, yeah. Well, they're three back of four overall, I guess. So uh, maybe they can make a push, get that fourth seed, uh, and get a solid matchup going into the playoffs. I don't know what that matchup would be. Obviously, all those teams above us are really, really good teams. Uh, I'd love to play the Brooklyn Nets, who are currently four. I think they're a bunch of frauds. But we'll see what happens. I am just glad to get Yurtsevin back because he is another body at the end of the day. Uh, and a, a team that can't stay healthy, there's nothing wrong with that. Last little tidbit I want to talk about is OG Ananobi, who a lot of Heat fans have been clamoring for. Uh, several different reports came out this week saying the, the Raptors are officially shopping him. Uh, and this is something that we've heard uh, multiple times over the last couple of weeks. Listen, he's a great player. He would be a perfect player on the Heat because he's a guy who can switch everything uh, and guard one through some fives, uh, definitely one through four. Uh, and he's obviously a good shooter as well. So he's the exact type of guy you'd want in the Heat because the Heat do switch everything and they do need some shooting. Uh, I'd love to get him. My honest opinion, I well, he, he's not going for less than two first round picks. I honestly don't, don't believe he is. And tell you the truth, 
I don't think I would trade two first round picks for him. Uh, I saw someone else posted the tweet. I think it was Brian Goins, actually. Uh, all the other times the Heat have traded a first round pick for a player, it has been an all-star caliber player. Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic. Uh, I actually forgot the, the other ones, but an all-star caliber player. I don't think that's OG Ananobi. And also, I don't think he's enough to put us over the top. Of course, that obviously depends on the trade package. Uh, I did pull up here my guy Adam Barai's tweet. He has been probably the biggest clamorer for OG Ananobi over these last couple weeks. He wants him a lot. Uh, the, the last package that he put out was uh, the Miami Heat would receive OG, Otto Porter, Thaddeus Young, and the Raptors would basically get Lowry, Yurt, Jovic, uh, and two first-round picks. Uh, I don't even know if the Raptors would accept that. It's possible that he could throw in that third first-round pick that they do have. But I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That, I guess, would give you a starting lineup of... I uh, See, I don't know I don't know who would start at the one. It could be, uh, it could be Gabe. It could be Vic. Let's say it's Gabe. You got Gabe, Tyler, Jimmy, OG, Bam. Damn. That's a good lineup. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a good lineup. Uh, but still, I think the bench still leaves a little to be desired. You'd obviously still have Kate Lamar and slide him down to the bench. Uh, Vic, who's been playing well. But I don't think that's enough to win a championship this year. Uh, and I'm not sure I would do that. There is a big benefit. You get Kyle Lowry off the books. That's obviously a lot of money that, that you could send out. Uh, OG is only on a $17 million three-year contract, which is a phenomenal deal. Uh, I don't know if I'd do that trade. At the very least, I guess it would make it exciting, give me something to watch for. So maybe I would do it for that reason alone. But Adam Barai's a smart guy. If he wants OG, uh, I'll trust his opinion, and, and I'll say that would be a good move for the Heat. But regardless, I don't think the Heat get OG on Anobi because he's a good player. So if he's out there, it's going to be a bidding war, and the Heat just don't have the assets that most teams have to get a player. That's why they're going to struggle to probably get anybody at the deadline unless they overpay, which I'm praying they do not do. Do not trade a first-round pick for some guy that's going to make you a little bit better and maybe get you at the first round. It's just not the smart move. I would like Jay Crowder. If he was to get bought out or go for a second-round pick, I would do that. I think he could fill a really nice role on this team. Uh, that whole situation is weird. I don't, I don't know why he hasn't been playing in the first place, but there's a lot of talk. Uh, I could obviously talk about trades for hours. There's been a million names thrown out there. But I, I will say that for a, a later episode, uh, maybe next week's as we get real, real close uh, to get into that trade deadline there because there will be a lot to discuss. Anyways, like I said, next game versus the New York Knicks. I hate that team. Go out there. Please blow out the Knicks. Get to a season high. I think that would be seven games over 500. Uh, and obviously, that would help you with the tiebreakers there as well uh, with that team uh, right below you. That would be a nice win. But that's all I got for this episode, man. Make sure to leave five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening on. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, I appreciate it. If you didn't enjoy the show, I'll be better next time. Who knows? I'm, I'm a roller coaster just like the Miami Heat. You never know what you're going to get from me. Whatever. That's all I Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.